ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be back on board once again today as the Minnesota Wild wound up having a pretty solid week at, uh, well, 2 and 1. Not bad, honestly. Uh, nice effort against the Tampa Bay Lightning that collapsed in the last two or three minutes. That's unfortunate, but it's one of those kind of things when you're playing the best team in the league. I don't know. That's just always, you know, just always that way, especially on the road. I mean, it's like pack a freaking lunch, I guess, as Paul Allen would say. Um, but that's just kind of how things went with the Wild against Tampa Bay. They ended up losing 3 to nothing there. But then a couple of divisional wins against Dallas and Nashville um, as we doubled them up, 4-2 to two victories over Dallas and Nashville. So, all right, good. Uh, you have the home-and-home home situation, of course. We'll be playing Nashville tonight, so that'll be in the preview segment. As uh, the schedule gets a little, you know, not, not too bad, and then it gets tougher than the following week as we had a little bit further into January, second week of January, and that'll be on next week's show. I'll be previewing those. Hopefully another positive week coming up. I, I think the possibility of that is pretty good. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay game, December the 23rd, the day before Christmas, or, well, a couple days before Christmas, the last game before Christmas is what I was trying to say. I hope all of you did have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah and all that, so thank you very much for uh, <laughs> making this show a part of your holiday and Christmas weekend as we try to try to get the whole game to load. Obviously, 3 to nothing game. What, what really is there to say? I mean, the Wild put up a good effort. Uh, Tampa Bay definitely led in the shots department for quite a while. The Wild kind of caught up, basically. Good scoring chances. You're going to hear Mikhail Granlin's name quite a bit on this show. He's definitely, uh, you know, he, he definitely had a very strong week. Uh, he had multiple scoring chances in this game. Uh, Charlie Coyle, time and time again, also through the course of this week, he had some serious scoring chances. He would get a couple assists during the week because of some juicy rebounds off of what you thought were pretty good chances to score. Uh, poor Charlie Coyle, still stuck at only two goals, but 12 assists on the year. Again, because of the juicy rebounds as he crashes the net. He's, he's you know, he's looked active. He's looked good out there. Yul uh, Eriksson has continued his emergence. He seems like he's like a half a step off on occasion. And that's the only thing, you know, as he gets better, more experienced, stronger, all that, you know, and then he, he, he's just going to take off. I mean, you can just see how close Yul uh, Eriksson is to becoming a pretty good player out there. And that's pretty much what you've been hearing from just about everybody in the know when it comes to the Minnesota Wild uh, regarding Yule uh, Eriksson Eck. Uh, again, strong week by Mikhail Granlund. I thought Tyler Ennis the whole week was very good as well. Uh, very good. He's starting to look like the Tyler Ennis that looked good in Buffalo. He's about a 49, 50 point kind of guy, 20 goals, 30 assists type of player putting the pucks on net, he's, he's, he's got that quickness, and you're starting to see it again, and it's nice, it's nice to see Tyler Ennis starting to look like the Tyler Ennis of old, which a lot of us kind of were intrigued by in Buffalo years ago, if the Wild didn't make a trade with Buffalo about four or four years ago or so before all that concussion nonsense took over, uh, and before he went to the Los Angeles Lakers, no, I'm kidding, because there's a Tyler Ennis on the LA Lakers, I was making fun of that on the Timberwolves Explosion podcast as well, uh, <laughs> Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah, there's a Tyler Ennis on the Lakers. It's kind of goofy. I'm like, so that's what hurt Tyler Ennis for a little while. His timing, off, his timing is off and all that. But okay, haha, I know. I know, it's not funny, right? Uh, Riley Prosser during the course of the week did well. You, you got to see Dumba and uh, Rodine back together, which of course meant, you know, a feature presentation. Spurgeon and Studer back together at times. And it's kind of becoming a main theme again, which is a little bit unfortunate. But again, Dumba... Strong week, though. He's continuing to look better and better. You're seeing less and less of the defensive gaffes and more and more legitimate scoring chances and some nice passes as well. He had a two-point game against the National Predators. 
I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> nice scoring chances by both teams. Clearly, Tampa was the better team. Uh, Alex Stalock, though, was awesome in this game. And it's like, you feel bad. Ultimately, though, he would give up two goals because, of course, Nikita Kucherov. Kucherov was probably the, a heart trophy candidate right now. Would tip in a uh, long pass from <laughs> Nemskatov. Ultimately, uh, it, well, it was a shot from Nemskatov uh, when the Wild had the empty net situation late. And Kucherov just kind of lightly tapped it in because it was going to miss by like a millimeter. So it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> Everybody got a point there. You get three three. You get three guys getting a point on an empty net. That figures. But good for them, I guess. Uh, Dan Girardi opened the scoring finally with about two minutes remaining. Or about, yeah, about two and a half minutes remaining. <sighs> you know, I don't know. It's just, this kind of is what it is, guys. Not, I won't say anybody fell asleep or anything. It's just didn't work out, that type of thing. You know, it's like you can't even really get mad. Uh, the Tyler Johnson goal was a little more annoying. Less than a minute later, I don't know if you want to blame Koivu or not. It's like it was a split-second type of thing. Tyler Johnson wound up with a one-timer from Jake Dutchen, uh, ultimately there. Ninth goal of the year for Tyler Johnson, who's fit in very nicely with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Good for him, and that was kind of all she wrote. Uh, Jen Girardi, of course, earlier getting one in there as he stepped up as from his from from the blue line to get his second goal of the season. So, well, I mean, that's what happens. You play the best team in the NHL, and, you know, you just play your heart out. You stay in it the whole time. N nobody was really mad at anybody after the game. You could just kind of feel that they gave it. They gave their all, and Tampa just kind of took over in the last two minutes there, unfortunately. Uh, great effort by both teams, though. Pretty pretty entertaining hockey game, I would have to say, despite the fact the Wild could not get one past that dog on Vasilevsky, who's become an awesome goalie, and that's why the Tampa Bay Lightning traded Ben Bishop away. Uh, Vasilevsky's been an awesome goaltender. Ultimately, only 22 shots because the last... Well, see, the frustration is the last half or so of the third period, it, it seemed like the Wild were stuck in their zone the whole time, and you could just kind of feel it coming that eventually Tampa was going to break through, and they did. Every time the Wild tried to get the puck out of the zone, Tampa Bay kept it in, and it's just, I don't know. Um, it's just like we are just trying to dump the puck forward, and Tampa Bay would just recover it right away, stuff like that. You never really saw any urgency to get the hell out of the zone. And I don't know. That, that's my only frustration in this game, other than, you know, the fact we lost. That's about it. Um, <laughs> 30, 30 shots from Tampa, 22 from Minnesota. Six power plays by both teams, and all were killed Pretty amazing. Six power plays killed by the Minnesota Wild against this Tampa Bay Lightning uh, power play. It's pretty outstanding. And, of course, Minnesota's power play. Some days they get two two goals, and then well, for about two weeks straight you get zero. So, I don't know. It's definitely hit and miss with the Minnesota Wild power play. But our penalty kill has been flat outstanding. Fourth in the NHL, and it's because we've been in the box so bleeping much. That's part of the problem. But, okay, 3 nothing loss. So let's get to a little positivity here. Wednesday, the 27th of December, of course, after Christmas now, Minnesota Wild hosts the Dallas Stars. And hey, you know, fun game. This was a fun game. Uh, ben Bishop, there you go. There's Tampa Bay's former goalie in net. And he was respectable, but beatable. And that's kind of how things have been. As, as good as Ben Bishop was with Tampa Bay, I think Vasilevsky's the better goalie. And he proved it last year when he took over with Ben Bishop's injury. And that's kind of how things went during the course of things. Charlie Coyle would wind up getting two assists in the game again because getting the puck on net, ser serving up juicy rebounds and such, and that's that that helped. Uh, Mikhail Granlund would get two points in the game, and this is when you see Granlund 
Starting to put points on the board. A couple of multi-point games in a row, including a little hat-trick. A little hat-trick against the uh, National Predators. Quite unexpected, but very exciting. Not too many people expected a hat-trick from him with the uh, <laughs> in the in the uh, Vancouver game last year either. But it happened, and it was a wonderful thing. Uh, Jared Spurgeon definitely is starting to look like the Jared Spurgeon of before as well. Uh, Tyler Sagan would, get, would open up the scoring, which had us all a bit worried, but Jared Spurgeon answered about seven minutes later putting one in from Charlie Coyle and Tyler Ennis there. Eric Stahl ultimately again finishing on Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle's attempt, 15th goal of the season for Eric Stahl. As he's just been a mainstay throughout the year. If there's a Mike Rodano Award of the Year Award for the Minnesota Wild, it's probably Eric Stahl. And some people would even go as far as to say Alex Stalock. I'm not quite there yet. Uh, Dallas tying the game up and then Mikhail Granlund finishing on the power play and a very nifty goal over the shoulder of Ben Bishop. In his case, it would be the left shoulder. And it's th- that's kind of been the interesting difference from Mikhail Granlund. He's been raising the puck more, and there's been some beautiful shots. Uh, we've loved over you seeing the past couple games here. Jason Zucker would get an empty netter <laughs> to wrap things up. And a nice hustle by Jason Zucker there, ultimately, on a pass from Mikhail Granlund, setting him up there to get, to get loose. He barely got loose, but was able to release the puck for his 15th goal of the season. So both Stahl and Zucker still leading the team in goals. You'd think Zucker would have 25 by now with the way he was going, and then it just everything just kind of dried up for Jason Zucker, and that was quite unfortunate. But a fun, fun night for the Wild, to be quite honest. Entertaining hockey game. Uh, it was again very exciting to see Mikhail Granlund putting that pass to Ben Bishop. As you're just you're seeing a different guy. It's crazy to think that Phil Mackey thinks Mikhail Granlund is a bust because of his amount of goals. It's like there's a lot more than just goals when it comes to Mikhail Granlund. He's more of a playmaker, if anything. And you know he's he's good defensively as well. But again, his passing is insane. His goal scoring is it's always existed because I mean you know years ago you saw what he could do in the World Juniors and such. And I know you can't get too excited about that because, but, you know, okay, sure. It, it just shows that the ability is there, and he's starting to show more and more of it. His shooting percentage climbing in a big way, especially the last couple of days here. I've uh, been very happy what I've seen out of Mikhail Granlin. And again, you're not seeing the stupid goals as much. Uh, that's what's been nice. You're not seeing a lot of, like, defensive gaffes and such. The Florida game was really, really frustrating. You saw that, but, hey, you know, that was a, that was a different week, so don't really need to talk about that at this point. Uh, Jared Spurgeon also was denied a goal at the end of the second period as that puck, man, <laughs> it crossed the line, but it wasn't on time. It was, like, literally a half second late. Uh, Spurgeon could have had uh, two goals in the game. There was even another scoring chance for Spurgeon. You thought he was going to have it. He almost could have had a hat-trick, you would have thought. I think one of these days, Jared Spurgeon will have a hat-trick. I mean, if if Ryan Suter can do it, i got to think Jared Spurgeon can do it. He's more of a natural goal scorer, I think, than uh, Ryan Suter is. Like, Suter's more of an assist guy, a power play quarterback kind of guy. Doesn't have like a rifle shot necessarily, where Spurgeon's got some really nice scoring ability. And of course, he does rack up the assists, just simply putting the puck on net or setting up other players. Spurgeon's value is off the charts. Obviously, his defense is phenomenal. But then you add the offensive ability of Jared Spurgeon. I mean, he's as valuable as it gets to this team. And it's nice to see Spurgeon playing up to what he was before, and that's one of the reasons the Minnesota Wild had a successful week against some pretty pivotal division foes, especially Dallas, when you consider Dallas is the other wildcard team, and right now the Wild are the upper wildcard. So that is (laughs) very, very nice. Minnesota would be the seventh seed in the Western Conference if the season ended today. And uh, an entertaining Dallas game where the Wild, you know, they were the better team, 
but but only by a little bit. Nashville comes in as a red hot team, and of course the Western Conference champions and all that, and they had their. You know they've they've been having a very successful season as well. Uh, Kyle Turris has been a nice addition. He would have an awesome goal in the game, to be quite honest. Just even though it's a, a bummer, you don't want to see it happen, but it was a good goal. Again, another four to two victory for the Minnesota Wild. Mikhail Granlund opening things up in the scoring, and the assist from Dumba. That was a nice little pass from Dumba as well. Dumba was very active in the game. He could have had he might have had a hat trick in the game. He could have had a goal also if. Stahl wasn't in the net a bit, uh, interfering with Pekka Rene. That was unfortunate, but it's, you know, it kind of is what it is. Uh, Dumba with a really nice setup, though, to Mikhail Granlin, just kind of waiting. He just looks like a different guy, he, how he kind of does these little hesitations, and then he releases on the pass or the shot, and it, it's nice how he does it. He, he kind of fools play, uh, uh, defenders and goaltenders the way he does it, and it, it just the skill level of Matt Dumba is starting to really show as his points continue to climb. It's ever since Spurgeon got hurt, you're seeing a different Dumba, I, I gotta say, for the most part. Uh, again, he had a gaffe against the uh, Edmonton Oilers, but it, it wasn't 100% his fault. I mean, there was other players, too. Just get to the damn puck. You can't just let the puck just sit there. So, again, but luckily that's in the past. We'll try to look at it that way, I suppose. P.K. Supan had a beautiful shot, and it's like, oh, it was kind of heartbreaking as well, the way that one went. It just kind of slipped past Dubnik. He had it, and it dropped, and it went past him. And Dubnik just laid on his back like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> it was kind of funny, actually. Uh, Mikhail Granlin raising the puck again on another play from Spurgeon. You got to like that. Spurgeon, another nifty pass, showing what he can do. He's he, He's got Granlin in him with that passing ability. Spurgeon, again, just he's just, an, he's just so good. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how much I love Jared Spurgeon. And it's nice to see him back in the mix to, to the level he is right now. Uh, Granlin again raising that puck on the power play so the Wild would get a power play in the game. That's important obviously. You can't ever look past that. The power play situation. The Wild had five. They converted one and of course uh, Nashville three and they converted one but hey, you know, at least the Wild had more power play opportunities. We stayed out of the box kind of, sort of. Only three power plays allowed in the game but unfortunately... Yeah, Nashville did capitalize. That was some Kyle Tourist's incredible one-timer from P.K. Savon. Nice little pass, and wow. I mean, Kyle Tourist with that nice release. In fact, it wasn't quite a one-timer. He made a little move and then released it just barely past Devin Dubnik, because Dubnik is back, of course. I didn't even mention that. But you saw it, so, right? <laughs> no, Devin Dubnik returned to this game. He was very solid, but unfortunately that first goal by Supine was a little bit... Ugh, it was kind of like classic Dubnik, where he has it and it drops and it gets slid, slides right past him. Can't believe it. But a nice release by Kyle Torres. A, only his eighth goal of the year. You'd think he's got like 20 by now, but that's it, unfortunately. Dumba, though, just a few minutes after his disallowed goal. Again, the hesitation. Just the hesitation, waiting for the right time to release, and he just put it right past... Uh, Pekka Rene from, from out there, and it was a beautiful shot from about 22 feet away. Just an awesome goal, seventh goal of the year for Matt Dumba. Multi-point game yet again as the guy continues to climb. He just waited and waited and then released and cut it through about four, depend, four defenders of Nashville and passed Pekka Rene as well. Incredible. Uh, Mikhail Granlin would add the empty netter, thanks to Eric Stahl sliding it forward. And Granlin would get the hat trick, and you'd see the hats come down on the ice. And luckily, I've got the hats here all over the couch just waiting. I've got about seven different hockey hats 
I just throw them down whenever someone scores. I throw them one by one whenever somebody gets a hat trick. But Granlin's back to back for the Wild. As I remember last year, Vancouver Canucks, that's the last hat trick for the Minnesota Wild. Granlin jumping on board there. The last one before that was Ryan Suter. And yeah, we'll leave that alone for now. Uh, one of these days, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Dumbo or Spurgeon get one. I think Spurgeon's really due for a hat trick one of these days, and I would not be surprised if it happens. Those are the two most likely defensemen to get a hat trick, in my humble opinion. But a fun overall week for the Minnesota Wild. You didn't see, you know, you weren't like, oh my God, this guy really is killing us. He's really letting us down. There really was nobody like that out there. Both goaltenders, Dumba and Stalock, they stood on their head at, for the most part. I mean, I, I got to say, uh, Stalock was outstanding in the Dallas game. He was excellent in the Tampa game until the end. And it's like, you know, you couldn't really blame him for that. It's like defensive gaffes and you couldn't get the puck out of the zone. It's like, what can you do? So that was kind of the situation with Tampa. And then Dallas, I mean, he was outstanding in the game. And Dubnik, I mean, he faced over 40 shots from a very good Nashville team who's second place in the Central Division right now. They're battling things out with St. Louis and Winnipeg. Those three teams have been dominating the uh, Central Division for most of the year, unfortunately. <laughs> Much to our chagrin. Chicago's still breathing down our back, too, but we'll, we'll kind of leave that as is. But generally speaking, though, an outstanding week for the goaltending, the defensemen, you know, I mean, you're giving up shots and such, but still, they haven't given up, like, ridiculous, stupid scoring chances, and that's been a big difference from what we've been seeing most of the season. You saw so many mistakes, guys leaving players wide open, uh, getting suckered into a play, going to going after the puck and not watching your man, stuff like that. I mean, Dumba was doing that before. Mike Riley last year, you saw that a lot, but then this year, I think Riley's been solid, and he's been with, uh, he's done a good job with the guy they call the stabilizer. That's been, uh, <laughs> to be, <laughs> that's been Nate Prosser. He's been a nice addition, a very underrated addition, to be quite frank. Uh, obviously, he brought the room's spirits up. He's one of those really friendly guys that everybody loves, but he's also a solid player who doesn't make mistakes. He's even got two assists on the year, so give him some credit. Or is it three now? Uh been happy with the Nate Prosser edition. It's like, who'd have thunk Nate Prosser would be such a valuable player? And, well, he is. He is. Because when you have defensemen that were making dumb mistakes, and then you bring in a guy who legitimately is a stabilizer, and you put him with a youngster like Mike Riley, who's still developing, still figuring out the game, and he's getting better. So, give him credit. Uh, Dumba just flashed on the ice time and time again in this game. Uh, and it's, again, solid throughout the week. He had three shots on goal, some good ones. He was really good against the Dallas Stars as well. Wound up with an, well, only an assist. He figured he had like three points in that game, the way he looked. But you can't really complain about anybody at the end of the day. Uh, Marcus Foligno, sure, he got in a big fight, and it was fun to watch and all that. But he's probably the least exciting player on the roster, and he's got the least time on ice right now. Uh, Zach Mitchell's just waiting for Zach Parisi to come up, and that's unfortunately for him. He's probably going back down to Iowa. But... That's just reality there. And then Marcus Foligno, because Nino Niederreiter is coming back as well. <sighs> press box, I gotta think the the press box is calling because I don't think they're gonna be uh, I don't think they're gonna be scratching you, Larryson Eck, and Tyler Ennis is definitely waking up as well. He doesn't want to be up in the press box. Uh, the, the top candidate for that's Marcus Foligno, without a doubt. The press box getting scratched. Nice juicy contract he got in the offseason that I continue to complain about myself and many others. Uh, Daniel Winnick, it's not an expensive contract, but still, you know, he's, he's, he wasn't that bad, though. I, I'm not really mad at him. He even, was, even won four out of five face-offs in the game when he was uh, put in the middle there. Winnick is 
he's center a lot of times on that fourth line or even the third line sometimes. He's the, the winger. It's between him and Ulerics and Act time and time again there. Uh, of course, Cullen's been centering the fourth line, and Cullen has looked more and more solid. He's starting to kind of get caught up again and even got an assist in the game along the way on the, I believe it was the Dumba goal, and yes, it was. Yep, it was on the Dumba goal. Him and Jonas Brodine is Dumba. Again, he is back with Brodine. Back, that, that pairing is back together again. Say what you like there, but at least Dumba still looked good. It didn't look like it hurt him that much. So he's a different guy, and that's extremely exciting. So with that, we will pass out the awards for the week. The Mike Madonna Award, it's Mikhail Granlin. He was a candidate for the most part. I mean, Spurgeon, I think, is a well-deserving candidate. And, of course, Alex Stalock continues to be one. But if you want to say three stars of the week, it would be those guys. Granlin one, Spurgeon two, and... Dumba 3. Who, who was the other one? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Granlin, Spurgeon, and Dumba during the course of the week. Those guys. And Alex Daylock. Yeah, but uh, Alex Daylock actually would be the third star. Uh, second star. Spurgeon would be third. And Mr. Mikhail Granlin would be number one. He's definitely the Mike McDonald Award winner. The, well, if you have to give it to somebody, the James Shepard Memorial, it's continuing to be marginal. You know, just... You're not seeing much. You're not seeing a whole lot. Sure, you can hit a couple guys, but for $3 million a year, I don't see it. So, I don't know. Not seeing it. Not seeing what, what, what others saw before. I saw it at the beginning of the season. He looked interesting. He was making some nice moves and setting players up on occasion, but generally speaking, he's not a whole lot to get excited about. Jason Zucker, kind of the same thing. Even though he factored in, well, he got an empty net goal. Woohoo. He's been pretty invisible as well. I think he kind of should share that award in terms of he's not been that visible of late. So, there. That will wrap up this segment. We'll take a quick break, come back, preview some games, and look at the prospects. Some of them are stepping up once again. Brave the Wild, segment number two, time to talk about three games and, of course, send you off into the new year. There'll be no New Year's Eve game this season, which is interesting. I guess, uh, I guess the uh, horrible horrible record, the horrible uh, luck on uh, New Year's Eve has uh, finally gotten to a point where the Wild are like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Screw this tradition. We lose every single time, so screw all that. Uh, no New Year's Eve game for the Wild this year, but there'll be New Year's Eve Eve tonight. Uh, National Predators in... The Music City. Yes, we'll talk about that in a second here. Also, we'll get caught up on the prospects like we always do and wrap the show up. So from there, let's get going. <laughs> December the 30th, Minnesota Wild head to Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, we just played them. Same team, same bat time, same bat channel. Expect uh, Mr. Soros, Juice, Juice Soros in there and, of course, uh, Alex Stalock to be in net. It'll be an interesting game. I whew, would love to see the Wild sweep this home and home. Hey, it's possible. I mean, both teams played last night, so it's possible. The Wild's success rate against Nashville this year has not been bad, I'd have to say. Uh, so, mm, I, I like to believe it's a winnable game uh, at the end of the day. As the Wild are up two games to zero in the season series. Of course, you had a pretty interesting one, 6-4, to four, back, in, uh, back, on, back in November on the 16th before Thanksgiving. This one before the home and home before New Year's Eve here. 4-2 to two last night, Minnesota Wild. Well, 
one more win and the Wild win the season series. I think the Wild will win the season series in Nashville. I've liked the way we've played. We're averaging five goals a game. Nashville's averaging three. So why not a five to three win for the Minnesota Wild against Soros? I don't know. Um, mm, I don't know. I got a feeling if Nashville's going to win one in this, it's probably this game. And I've kind of was kind of figuring it the whole time. I'm going to go with Nashville. But I think the Wild will be very competitive. Maybe squeak out a point. Maybe the Wild do win. I don't know. Of course, Philip Forsberg's leading the way in scoring. P.K. Supine added a goal and an assist last night. Good players up and down the roster. Roman Josi, yeah, we're talking about him. Kyle Touris had a pretty awesome goal, though he's struggled most of the season, believe it or not. Uh, did get his eighth goal of the season overall. But so far with Nath Nashville, he's been more productive with Nashville thus far. 18 points in only 22 games for Nashville. Five of them goals. As of uh, last night, that was his fifth goal with Nashville, but eighth overall in the season. That's obviously quite important between the two conferences and different teams and all that. Again, I'm impressed that Scott Hartnell is still playing. All kinds of wily veterans, but of course young, still up-and-coming stars like Philip Forsberg. P.K. Subban's right there in his prime, and he's just dominating. Uh, I don't know. I don't need to say a whole lot. We just played them. I re previewed them last week. You know, it, we know them very well. Oh boy, I don't know. Three to two, four to three type of game. Maybe it'll be three to three. The Nashville will win in overtime or shootout or something like that. Even though the Wild success rate in overtime is extremely high, uh, Nashville was the one of the hottest teams in the Western Conference. Of course, they have lost four out of their last five. So let's be fair. They were hot. They're still way up there, but they've dropped past uh, Winnipeg. Unfortunately for them, the uh, Nashville Predators actually did recently beat the St. Louis Blues just a couple nights ago before losing to Minnesota. That's us, of course. Yeah, no kidding. In St. Paul just last night. So, uh, Nashville's been giving up a lot of goals. The only game they finally won was they kept the uh, St. Louis Blues down to one goal. Other than that, they gave up six to Winnipeg, four to Carolina, four to Dallas, and then four to the Minnesota Wild. So, it's been a problem. Um, if Nashville does win, it's going to be three to two. If the Wild win, it's going to be like four to two, four to three, overtime type of thing. Ah, uh, boy. I, I, just for fairness sake, I'm going to pick Nashville in this one. 3-2, to two, I think the Nashville Predators win. Wild hopefully squeak out a point, and it's quite possible the way Alex Stalock has been playing. He got the night off last night. Can you believe it? He, God, man, Alex Stalock actually didn't play. You know, it's one of those now. It's kind of funny. It's the other extreme. One extreme or the other where it's always Dubnik. Now it was always Stalock because of Dubnik being injured. But Dubnik sharp last night facing 40-plus shots and ended up getting the job done. Uh, stopping 40 or 42 shots against the Predators. This one, I just got a feeling Nashville's going to squeak it out. 3-2 to two victory for the Nashville Predators. Most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild. Well, should we go with Tyler Ennis? Should we? I got a feeling. Or Coyle. One of those two. They're going to break through. They're going to score. They're just, they're just knocking on that door. Can you hear that? They are knocking on that door. They are knocking away on this one. And I think the... Uh, who, which one should I pick? I'm going to go with Tyler Ennis. I think he'll score. Coyle, maybe he'll get another assist or two. Maybe he'll score two, but... I'm going to go with Tyler Ennis is the most likely guy to score. I know it's weird, but we'll go with that. Nashville wins, though, in a close one, 3-2. to two. Hopefully, Minnesota squeaks out a point. And then we, we usher in the new year. Gee, that's never been used. Never been used, ever. Uh, I've never heard that one. Uh, the Florida Panthers, at this point, 500, 16-16-5, with uh, their best players and such being as good as they are. Obviously, Roberto Luongo still... Still around, still doing well. Uh, the Florida Panthers look like a Western Conference threat like they were just a couple of years ago. Uh, God, Hubedro, Trocek, Barco, those guys really doing a good job over there. Uh, Hubedro, man, that guy's got some, he has got some serious skills the way he literally, like, if it was basketball, he crossed up uh, 
uh, Nate Prosser in a big way. Uh, Prosser is quite the stay-at-home defensive, but boy, did he cross him up. The Florida Panthers have now won four games in a row. Uh, they had a losing record when they played the Wild last week. Now, they've, now they're in a four-game win streak. Since then, they've shut out the Ottawa Senators and beat the Philadelphia Flyers 3-2. to They'll be playing the Montreal Canadiens tonight and then the Minnesota Wild on January 2nd. They hated January 2nd when every single holiday in the holiday season is done and dusted, as they say in Australia. Hello, Benny Allen, <laughs> if you're listening. Oh, man. Um, it's uh, it's a tough matchup. I like the Wild's chances, though. I, I feel a revenge factor. That, that was such a frustrating game last time. James Reimer, too, the weaker of the two goalies. James Reimer, and he had to win. He's been in the net more often as Roberto Luongo's oft injured. If healthy, I got a feeling Roberto Luongo will be in net. Even Antony Emmy was in there for a short time, as that guy has just fallen off the face of the earth. He's always like that that uh, desperation pickup mid-season that teams do nowadays is Antony is not the goal he was years ago with, uh, you know, like Philadelphia and the Sharks and such when he had some successful runs. He was actually with the Chicago Blackhawks, if I remember correctly, uh, when they won the Stanley Cup, if I remember correctly. That's pretty crazy. That was in the 2010 season. Antony had some success, but yeah, obviously no. Antony in the AHL somewhere right now or at home waiting to get signed by uh, somebody. Uh, who's desperate because of goalie injuries. So the Wild were not a team that was going to do that. Uh, it's more like if somebody's out for the season, that type of thing, or things are just so bad, you got to try something. <laughs> uh, let's just keep moving. Um, I think the Wild will win the game. I like the Wild's chances. This is Tuesday. I hope I didn't say Wednesday. Uh, I think the Wild will get a little revenge factor on Florida. I expect more scoring. The Wild scoring is up. And we tend to beat teams 4-2 to two very often. And I'm going to go with a 4-2 to two victory for the Wild. Of course, a regulation win. Even though Florida's playing well, I got a feeling the Wild also have turned the corner and that they will get the job done at home. The Wild success rate on on home ice has been excellent lately. They've won six of their last seven. Uh, so why not? Why can't the Wild protect home ice? It was that stupid Edmonton game just a couple of weeks ago is when they, uh, that's where that one loss shows up. Minnesota will protect home ice, and I expect a couple wins this week. You lose to Nashville on the road, but then you win your both, both of your home games against Eastern Conference teams that are very beatable. Yes, Florida's playing better, but I think the Wild will end the win streak, because I do think Florida get, will come in with a five-game win streak. They're going to beat Montreal, and then Minnesota is going to beat the Florida Panthers 4-2. to two. Most likely guy to score in that game, let's go with Eric Stahl against the Florida Panthers. He knows them well. He played against them a trillion times. Obviously, division rival years ago with Carolina. So why should I expect Eric Stahl to go against his old nemesis, the Florida Panthers, over there? That's what's going to happen. 4-2 victory for the Wild. Regardless who's in net for for the uh, Florida Panthers, I do expect Devin Dubnik in net. You're going to see a hell of a lot of Alex Stalock, and I think you should see more and more Alex Stalock. You'll definitely see him next week in the Calgary or Chicago games. Mm, I don't know who you go with in, that, in that, those. Uh, you know, Dumnik's success rate against Chicago has not been good. I don't know. But then again, Stalock kind of got... Uh, I, whatever. Let's just... Uh, yeah, Stalock's gotten beat up too at times, but it depends on how guys are playing in front of him as well. If I'm Coach Boudreaux, I go with Dubnik against Calgary and Stalock against Chicago. I take my chances. National television, NBC Sports, January 10th, Wednesday Night Hockey... Stalock. I, I go with Stalock against Chicago because Dubnik has not been good against Chicago historically. Let's give Stalock a shot at it, but we'll worry about that when the time comes. Oh, a lot of oh, a lot of nemesis is coming up in the next show. Colorado, Calgary, Winnipeg. Ooh, yikes. Those are some hated, hated teams that are coming up. And then you get a five-day bye whew, in the middle of uh, the third week of uh, January, pardon me. 15th through 19th. That's a five-day, yeah, Monday through Friday off. Sounds good. 
Sounds good, doesn't it? That's after a back-to-back at Winnipeg and Vancouver. I'm going way ahead, but hey, that's what we do here. Buffalo Sabres, here we go. Dubnik probably in that. I don't know. I Why, why not? Uh, Buffalo is still not good. And uh, yeah, obviously we played Florida recently. I think the Wild will split the season series with the Florida Panthers. Buffalo, well, Buffalo is what they are. I mean, they still suck. They're the eighth, te- eighth uh, place team in the Atlantic Division. I still can't believe Ottawa. They're only four points ahead of Buffalo. That's how far Ottawa's fallen. Kind of sad. I kind of like Ottawa, but whatever. Very sloppy win for the Wild back on the 22nd of November. The Wild were not playing well. The defense was a mess. Yeah, we squeak out a win 5-4 to four over the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres are playing a little better, and of course, big shock of the day. Pominville scored in that game, or actually he wound up with an assist because it was a tip-in. Pominville, jeez, he's stuck at 16 points. It's like he never scores anymore. Pominville stuck at 16 points. He had like 13 points in 16 games at one point. It was, it was something around those that range. Marco Scandella's at 10. He's really picked it up. He had like two points last time, I think. He's really picked it up. Good for him. Good for Marco Scandella. Ten assists. That's not bad, actually. Huh. And they have all kinds of young players that aren't doing so hot. Like Kyle Oposo. Of course, he's not even that young anymore. That was a long time ago that that little punk left the University of Minnesota. That's what he is. You know, yeah. Thinks he's all that. Yeah, sure. 17 points for the Buffalo Sabres. You ought to be leading that team in scoring, you schmuck. But Or at least second. Okay, maybe third, whatever, right? I mean, you got Jack Eichel and Evander Kane. It's no surprise those guys are leading the way. But Kyle Oposo should be a little closer. Uh, Jack Eichel, 35 points. He's really picked up his game of late. He'd been struggling, kind of not living up to the hype. 35 points, though. 15 of them goals, 38 games. 34 points, 15 goals also for Evander Kane. Just trailing by one assist to Jack Eichel. Those two guys have been doing a nice job for Buffalo. Uh, it's nice to see Scandella kind of picking up, but man, I, God almighty, I'd love to have him back on the Wild. I think we all would, but luckily, the Wild defensemen have been significantly better, and it's good to see a guy by the name of Mike Riley getting significant ice time because Gustav Olsen is not good. He's just not proving anything, and that trade that a lot of us thought was going to happen any day now, it, it's always like that with the Wild, isn't it? You're just waiting for the trade to happen, and then it doesn't, and then it doesn't, and then it doesn't. And then ha- just every, just about every trade Fred Fletcher's made is just like, ah, uh, really? Do we do that? You know, <laughs> especially the Buffalo one recently. Scandella, yeah, the Scandella trade. <sighs> Tyler Rand is finally living up a little bit to, a little bit, hopefully, to what he could be again. Funny, though, Marco Scandella and Tyler Ennis. Marco Scandella and Tyler Ennis have the same amount of points. That's right, 10 points apiece. <laughs> just uh, just uh, run that through your head there. Just uh, let that sink in. The same amount of points. Tyler Ennis looked on as a score and Scandella stay-at-home defenseman. But I don't know. Uh, Tyler Ennis finally looking a little better. Uh, Johan Larson, well, that, that was not a bad deal trading him away. Uh, at, uh, along with Mad Hackett. I keep getting him mixed up with his uncle, Jeff Hackett. The old uh, Blackhawks goalie and others. Uh, he, was, he ended up being all right, Jeff Hackett. Um Matt Hackett, not at all. Uh, Johan Larson, nothing. All those guys were actually traded in the Pominville deal. It was a good trade at the time. A little expensive because it gave him a first-rounder. And then the expensive contract, we could talk about that a million times. But Pominville did provide defense as well. He was a good defensive forward, so we do miss that significantly when you're having forwards right now that don't provide a whole lot of defense. And they made some mistakes, but luckily the Wild do look like a significantly different team the past week and a half. So let's 
fold our hands and pray. Of course, Zach Parisi, we'll talk about him in a minute uh, when we talk about the Iowa Wild, you know, because they, they got a veteran addition. And Brian Malone's back, too, and now he's off to the Olympics. Can you believe that? How weird is that? Yeah, it's like I almost don't even want to preview the game, do I, it sounds like. But, no, I do. Uh, I think the Wild will be the Buffalo Sabres. They'll sweep the season series on the 4th of January. The Minnesota Wild will sweep the season series versus the Buffalo Sabres. To me, you got to do that. I mean, how, how can you not? <laughs> so that's kind of the way I'm approaching it at this stage. Minnesota wins 4-2 to two over the Buffalo Sabres. Let's get rid of that 5-4 to four thing. I keep going with 4-2. to two. Three to one, Buffalo Sabres, Minnesota, ah, four to two, three to two, five to two, uh, something like that. There'll be an empty netter somewhere along the wall, along the lines, I think, where Buffalo will, you know, pull the goalie and all that, and then a guy like Zucker or Granlin will get the uh, the, the, the empty netter. Jared, Jared Spurgeon's going to score against Buffalo. That's a name that keeps floating around. He's going to get. I think he's going to have a really big week. Don't be surprised to see Jared Spurgeon come back with another five or six points this week. I, I would. I, I've got a feeling Jared Spurgeon is going to really pop it this week, and maybe uh, Dumba. It's going to be one of those two. But one of those two. That's my prediction for the week. In, in the sense of uh, Jared Spurgeon or Matt Dumba will have a five or six point week, and they'll probably walk away with the Mike Madonna Award next week. But Spurgeon will score against the Buffalo Sabers, and then things get extremely interesting. Like I already talked about, Colorado. Calgary, Chicago, and then Winnipeg coming up. Of course, the Winnipeg will be two shows from now. The Winnipeg preview, that'll be a two-show preview. <laughs> that'll be an interesting show, but yeah, we'll keep up with uh, prospects along the way as well, and they'll just, you know, enjoy more detailed conversation about those particular games and the team in general at that time. Kind of what I'm doing now, I guess you could say. So, Minnesota should beat the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, why not? You know, I mean, the goaltending is yeah, you know, Robin Lair is okay. I mean, about two, two and three quarters goals against average. Chad Johnson has been awful. He's struggled mightily. He was way better in Calgary. Way, way better in Calgary. He was good in Buffalo a couple years ago, and I keep talking about that. But, ah, uh, oh, Chad Johnson, man, you know, <laughs> I would have minded him as a backup here, especially after the way he played in Calgary last year. But, well, Alex Daylock, I'm very, very pleased with what Alex Daylock has brought for the Minnesota Wild. Buffalo has won two out of their last five. Not the worst thing you ever saw. They got shut out by Boston, beat by Carolina, and beat by the Islanders. They also beat Philly along the way and New Jersey on the road. That's a good win for the Buffalo Sabres. That's one of their better ones. They'll probably lose to the Rangers at home and then lose to Minnesota in Minnesota. So, yeah, we'll just let that thing play out. Minnesota goes 2-1 and one this week, 4 out of 6 points, maybe 5, hopefully. We'll see what happens. But uh, I do think Minnesota is going to continue their little steady climb into playoff contention. The freaking Dallas Stars at 45 points. That sucks. Ugh, the Stars won again. Come on, Dallas, go away. So Minnesota's back in the second wild card, so we'd be playing... Uh, yeah, we'd be, we'd be in trouble. Probably playing Winnipeg in the first round. Wouldn't that be fun? Mm, but maybe we'd maybe we'd upset them. You never know. Nashville upset Chicago, so <laughs> it can happen. So what? You're the number one seed. That doesn't mean a whole lot. It sure didn't last year, did it? At least for the Chicago Blackhawks, are the number two seeded team that plays in St. Paul. So number two in the Western Conference, and you couldn't even win two games. Freaking Mike Yo's, freaking Jake Allen, freaking St. Louis Blues. Yeah, you get the idea. Two in one week. Let's take a look at the prospects, shall we? There, you know, there. As we transition into prospect talk, let's let's get her going there, eh? So, uh, well, during the past week, Sam Anats had his 10-game uh, point streak and 14 points during that stretch, though, during December. 
Samanas, wow, Iowa Wild. He's leading the team in scoring, tied with Justin Clues. Another wonderful story. He didn't really have any huge point streak. He's just been extremely consistent, of course. I've said a billion times, former captain of the Golden Gophers, one of the better players there with the Gophers from Lakeville, Minnesota, just like Neil Nate Dog Thiesing, who's been on the show many times in the past. I'd like to have him on again one of these one of these days. Um, Justin Clues has done a wonderful job, though. Only 5'9", and then Samanas, 5'8". The little engines that could there, leading the league, leading the team in scoring. I'm very happy for those guys. Two very, very solid college players during their during their time in Quinnipiac and Minnesota there. Sam Anas, very prolific scorer, and he's leading the club there. 11 goals, tied with Pat Canone in 11, the, the goal category. Cal O'Reilly and Pat Canone, more AHL kind of guys. They're in, their, up, they're in their low 30s, unfortunately for them. Kyle Rao has picked up his game a bit. Uh, Freaking... Mario Lucci had a two-goal game last night, so all right. That's about time, Mario Lucci. He stepped up a bit the past week or so, so he gets a little props. He has stepped up a bit. Very happy. It's do-or-die time for Mario Lucci, though he's 24 years old. He's going to be 25 next August, so yeah. <laughs> do, do it. Mario Lucci needs to get, if he's going to be in the NHL, it's about time to giddy up here. Only 11 points in 26 games with the Iowa Wild. Boy, Mario, time to get going. Left winger there for the uh, <clears throat> for the <sighs> Iowa Wild. Unfortunately for him, uh, Luke Cunning added his seventh goal down there. So good. Luke Cunning's got 11 points. He picked up after a little quiet stretch there. I, I don't know. Uh, he really—it's like he lost his scoring touch. But well, he's the youngest player on the team. He's back. He played on the line with Zach Parisi. That's right, Zach Parisi <laughs> played on the line with him there. Very cool. Uh, and Luke Cunning ultimately did score the goal. Parisi with the assist. How cool is that? Two very similar guys. One's 33, one's 19. Chesterfield, Missouri there. Of course, Parisi from lo from here locally. We all know that pretty well by now. Uh, Luke Cunning, a seventh goal, though. Not bad. He's actually fourth on the team in scoring. Or is it fifth? Kyle Rouse got eight. Pardon me. Um, hanging in there. Hanging in there. Luke Cunning. <laughs> very cool to see Zach Parisi get his one game down there. And he got his assist. And he looked all right in the top line there for the Iowa Wild, and now he's awaiting his return as we head into the month of January. Probably don't be surprised to see Zach Parise debut at home Tuesday the 2nd against the Florida Panthers or Thursday against the Buffalo Sabres. You will see uh, Zach Parise. You will hear Neil Niederreiter's name not next week's show as well. So going to be very interesting. Expect Zach Mitchell to return to Iowa where he was extremely <laughs> efficient down there, and he, he worked his ass off, and huge props to him. He had 16 points in only 11 games down there. That's why he got called up. He just he worked his ass off, and he, you know he's a good, solid player. And you're hearing guys like uh, Joel Zelgad locally saying, "Yes, Zach Mitchell. I'm sure he's a good guy. This and that." But get Luke Cunning up here. Stop screwing around. And well, yeah, I mean I, I don't blame anybody saying that. But the, the guy had completely lost his scoring touch, and I don't know. He's finally starting to regain it a little bit down in Iowa. So I, I don't have a huge problem with Cunning down there right now. And then it gets extremely interesting if Cunning ever does get called up because you ain't sending down Yul Eriksson Eck. He's on the verge of breaking through because he did break through down in Iowa. He made it look easy down there. Seven points in seven games. Like, it's just like he, just, he was there every game. He was doing something. He was very, very efficient. Um, and obviously one of the youngest, one of the youngest guys on the roster with uh, Brennan Mendel getting his 13th point, his 10th assist last night. Very cool out of Woodbury, Minnesota. 13 points. For Brendan Mantle, very happy with him. Ryan Murphy also added two assists. I got to make that note. He's now at 14 points in only 23 games. Of course, an extended stint with the Wild during Spurgeon's in, uh, injury, and he more than held his own. 
he was on the second pairing with the Wild, and he held his own. It was very impressive, him and uh, Brodeen working together. So, yeah, was very impressed uh, what I saw out of Ryan Murphy. Yeah, he doesn't look like a star or anything, but at least looks like he belongs somewhere. He belongs in the NHL. Another guy who needed to giddy up at age 24, but he at least saw some action, unlike Mario Lucia, who's only been in the AHL to this stage. Of course, college with the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who are ruling the Big Ten right now, much to my chagrin. Mm, my chagrin and many others, I'm sure. Nick Seeler and Susie stuck at their six points and five points in their case. Ryan Malone has actually returned to the Iowa Wild. He will be on the Olympic roster, which shows you what a weird Olympic team we're going to be looking at. Uh, some young guys, some old guys, this and that. Yeah, I don't know. Boy, that would be quite be a miracle on quite be a miracle on ice if that team actually won the gold. But maybe they're more likely to do it than the NHL players, I suppose. Um, but then again, it's going to get real interesting because there's going to be no NHL players in the Olympics. So it's going to be weird as we head into February. Hopefully we'll be talking more about a world champion Vikings team at that time, at least for a couple of days before we head into the Olympics. Check out Herbal Mafia if and when you can. Fun to look at these guys, though. Uh, nice to see the Iowa Wild actually playing fairly well. And cool to see Cunning and Parisi hook up on a goal. I'm very happy about that. Ivan Ladnia, the top pick this year for the Wild. Of course, 85th overall, third round. He's got 40 points for the Erie Otters. He's really, you know, he's really stepping up there at the AHL level. Of course, you can't get too excited about that necessarily. Nick Sweeney, though, I'm going to keep my eye on this guy out of out of uh, the Duluth uh, Bulldogs. Seventh-round pick by the Wild this year. 20 years old. Another another Lakeville resident. That's like the third guy out there. Of course, you got Kloos and uh, Jack Sadick, Lakeville residents. Nick Sweeney, seventh-round pick. He's on Duluth. He's got 11 points already. He had a couple of assists last night. 11 points. He's only a freshman for the Duluth Bulldogs. And, uh, wow, 11 points. Freshman year from, from Duluth. Maybe he would have been, the, not from Duluth, playing for Duluth. He might have been a, a sophomore or junior, though, because he is 20. So, But still, the fact that he's getting the job done at that level, very impressive. Uh, Brandon Duhame added an assist last night. He's in his sophomore year for, and I do believe that's what, uh, yeah, that's what Sweeney would be for Duluth, uh, probably with his age. Brandon Duhame stepping up a bit for Providence. He's got 10 points. He added another assist last night, the left winger for Providence. Their team, though, won the national title a couple years back. Dmitry Sokolov's been unavailable of late because he's busy with the World Juniors. I'll get back to that on next week's show, though. I haven't really gotten around to that. Uh, Jacob Golden. Jacob Golden quiet again, at least in the scoring stand, <laughs> scoring stretch. Luis Belpedio hasn't played recently. Uh, the college schedule just kind of bleeding in right now. So bleeding in from the Christmas break, winter break, whatever you want to call it. I prefer to call it Christmas. Pavel Jenis has stepped up a bit. and He's been getting some goals, some assists for... ECHL's uh, Rapid City Rush. That team has not got a good record right now. But Pavel Jennings, a guy, again, who uh, Pavel Bunet also knows a bit. That's a guy from MNW players that I mention all the time on the show. Uh, he, he knows Pavel Jennings a little bit. There's a, they're from the same country. Uh, nine goals, seven assists. He's, yeah, he's, he's gotten a little better. He's already got his point total from last year, Pavel Jennings, and we're only in December. So good for him. He stepped up a little bit. Seventh round pick in 2014 out of Czech. Good for him. Jack Sadick added an assist for the Gophers last night. He's now at six points out of the year. Just kind of crawling along. Jordan Greenway hasn't played since the last episode. Kirill Kaprizov is doing what he does, but yep, he'll be back in the juniors again. Uh, the uh, He'll be back in those tournaments again. It's going to be interesting to see how he does. Um, with that, I think that's pretty much 
all you need to talk about at this point. Andre Svetlakov, we'll get back to him next time around. So, guys have kind of been unavailable of late. So, nice to see some encouraging signs, at least out of some guys like Sam Anas, Justin Kloos, this and that, even Lucia getting a couple goals. There's some hope out there, but uh, of course, yeah, and it's uh, extremely important to see Luke Cunning stepping up as he is looked on as the top prospect out there in the wild system at, at this stage. He's, he's got to be. I mean, who else is it? Obviously, Yul Eriksson is on the wild already, and he's just, you can just see he's so close to breaking through. Before you know it, he's going to have like seven, eight points in like a couple weeks. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Before you know it, you know, within two years from now, you're going to see a completely different guy in Yul Eriksson and he'll only be 22 years of age at that stage, or turning 23, something like that, because his birthday is on the 29th of uh, January. Uh, he's going to be fun to keep up with, though, uh, the Sweden native there, Yul um, Eriksson Really looking forward to what he brings. And to give a shout-out to MNW players, MNW players, Facebook.com. Thank you guys again. Pavel Bunet and Merrick Skyba, you guys are the best. Uh, having me on board that page as an admin. It's been inactive of late because Pavel's been busy. Uh, got his dream job, this and that. But he'll be back next year, he says. He's been keeping up, though, with the Wild on Minnesota Wild Hardcore. He posts there very often, but he'll be back to running MNW players again. Also, though, uh, <laughs> let's get to the uh, Twitter account, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. want to thank NHL Podcasts for retweeting the show really appreciate you very much for doing that every week when i when i tweet out the show and it's 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 helped bring in listeners i gotta think because the numbers have jumped a bit and i'm thank, i thank you very much i really appreciate those of you that have jumped on board those of you that may have told your friends about this show it's greatly appreciated because there's been an increase it's been noticeable and again greatly appreciated Luke Cunning tweeted out a, a good luck to the <laughs> to the usa hockey guys and i can't wait to watch them yep and yep it's uh, it's always fun to keep up with the uh, the juniors and everything. Uh, it's yeah, it's always a joy. So Twitter, that's pretty much yeah, been very quiet. Otherwise, I don't go on as much as I should. I, 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 some people though, you're always welcome to tweet me back and such, and you can get on the show, get an interact. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Please do follow the Twitter account at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild. You're always welcome to tweet me at any time and get on the show with some commentary of any sorts. At Brave the Wild for the Facebook page. Please do give that a follow. Join it and join the discussion. Talk about the wild on there. It would be greatly appreciated. Other than that, though, there's the phone lines 209 736 7877. 209 736 7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Give your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine. It is a voicemail, so it's a three minute limit for that. Same thing for when you press the call now button, which goes straight to the same phone line through Facebook Messenger. So it's free no matter where you're from. It goes right through as long as you have some kind of Wi Fi or cellular internet connection. It goes right through through the internet, the data, whatever. And same deal there. There's also the uh, audio submission route where you can use the free recording application on your smart device. Treat it the same way as a phone call, but it's there's no limit to it. Though I hope it's not a half hour unless it's some kind of a premium type of show. And then I just give you the floor. Some of you do have that green light to do that. So welcome, <laughs> welcome on board to do that. Uh, save it. Email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. That information will be in the show description along with the Facebook page and Twitter account there. Um, there's also one other way, too. It's same thing, audio submission. Maybe you use Audacity on your laptop or desktop. Audacity, record it, and then email it. Save it, of course. Email it to me, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Same route there. 
Please do tell your friends about the show. Again, it'd be greatly appreciated. Also, uh, please write a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher. I will, <laughs> when I see it, I'll read it and thank you on air. Thank you very much. Uh, give you a big shout out. Appreciate it. Thank you in advance for doing that. It only helps the show. It only helps bring in more potential listeners. It's like if you like the show, help help me out a little bit with that. And uh, I appreciate you in advance, those of you that have done that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much indeed. I want to wish everybody a safe and happy new year. And hopefully it is a very happy new year for the Minnesota Wild as we do turn the corner. That's the question here. Are we turning the corner? (laughs) That's the title of this episode. Uh, You hope that this team is doing that and can head in that more positive direction into possibly back into the division lead again. You never know. I mean, you didn't see it coming last year and then it came and it came in a big way. It was fun. It was enjoyable. But yeah, the playoffs were what they were. Maybe this time we can get hot late. We can get hot late rather than get hot now in December, January. Let's get hot in April. Just like the 91 North Stars. Get hot in April and May. And then things get really interesting. There's nothing better than that. As long as you make the playoffs and you get hot at the right time, right place, that's what matters most. Let's get hot. (laughs) Please. Hot goalie, hot this, hot that. uh, Record hot power play. Great penalty kill. Solid defense and consistent offense. Wouldn't that be fun? Maybe. That's the hope. That's our New Year's resolution as Minnesota Wild fans and hopefully as the club as well, that they'll get hot at the right time in the right place. (laughs) That's a good New Year's resolution as far as I'm concerned. We'll talk to you in 2018.